Welcome to Choice Classic Radio, where we bring to you the greatest old-time radio shows. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to us on YouTube, and thank you for donating at choiceclassicradio.com. hearts of men. The shadow knows. <laughs> Once again, the Mutual Network brings you the thrilling adventures of the shadow, the hard and relentless fight of one man against the forces of evil. These dramatizations are designed to demonstrate forcibly to old and young alike that crime does not pay. Inflation can work the same way in peace that it did in war. Prices rise when goods are scarce and people have money. Instead of making your dollars shrink by spending them needlessly when prices are high, why not make them grow with interest by investing in United States savings bonds? Here's the way it works. $75 invested now each month in U.S. savings e-bonds will in 10 years turn into an income of $100 each month for as long a period as you bought the bonds. It's as simple and as sure as that, and easiest when you use the payroll savings plan. Without missing a dollar, you'll be amazed how savings grow the e-bond way. Four dollars for every three. But now, the shadow. The shadow who aids the forces of law and order is in reality Lamont Cranston, wealthy young man about town. Years ago in the Orient, Cranston learned a strange and mysterious secret. The hypnotic power to cloud men's minds so they cannot see him. Cranston's friend and companion, the lovely Margot Lane, is the only person who knows to whom the voice of the invisible shadow belongs. Today's drama, Mind Over Murder. Did you ring, Miss Emily? Yes, Brooks. Oh, uh, yes. Would you light the lamp? Please. Very good, Miss Emily. Is there anything else? Oh, I... I'm so lonely, Brooks. Please sit down. Why, Miss Emily, I'm only a servant in your household. But you're the only one I can talk to. Please, Brooks. Very well, Miss Emily. But suppose your sisters, Miss Abigail and Miss Matilda, were to... I don't care. They're mean. I can't stand to live with those miserable, carping old maids anymore. They have made your life unhappy, haven't they? Mm. Oh, take me away, Brooks. I love you. You know I love you. Well, Miss Emily... Let's run away from this house together. But you'd never be happy, Miss Emily, living on the salary that the butler could offer you. Oh, you mean you'd never be happy. I'm thinking only of you, Miss Emily. I want you to be happy in your proper place in life. Oh, Brooks. You do love me. Yes, Miss Emily, I, you know I do. Oh, well, 
Abigail has inherited everything. And my next oldest sister, Matilda, inherits it from her. They, they can't live much longer. Then I fall in line. Just be patient, Brooks. We can wait. But uh, we'll both be quite old by then. Oh, yes. But what can we do, Brooks, except wait? Why not see to it that uh, both your sisters... Um, die sooner than we expect. Die? There are ways that they could die which need not involve us. I, I don't know what you're saying. Suicide is a way. The town knows how eccentric this whole family is. <laughs> if it looked as though they killed themselves, it could be so easy, Miss Emily... First the oldest, Miss Abigail, then Miss Matilda next, and then the fortune would be ours. Oh. And But I'm afraid I'm shocking you. Oh, no. No, Brooks, you're not shocking me. Suicide. Oh, but do you think they really would do it? Margo, I admire your spirit collecting for the Red Cross. I admire your energy. I admire your stamina. But you're wearing me out. I have just two more homes to visit, darling, and then we'll relax someplace at dinner. Now, look at that group of people standing over there. Yeah, they're looking up at something in that old house across the street, I guess. Margo, wait. What? Look, there's a woman, an old woman, standing up in that attic window ledge above the street. Oh. She's going to jump. Well, there's, there's someone behind her. They're, they're going to grab her. Yes, I thought I saw someone, too, for a moment. Oh, yes, she is going back in. She's trying... No, she isn't! Stop her, somebody! Oh, Lamont, she did it! She jumped! Maybe not, Margot. Maybe she was pushed. Well, here we are, Margot. Why, Lamont? This is the house the old lady jumped from last night. Yes, I know, darling. I, I didn't tell you where we were coming, but I thought we should pay our respects to poor old Miss Abigail tonight. Miss Abigail? You didn't tell me you knew her. I didn't. Until today. I've been talking with some friends of theirs. Friends who've known the family for years. Then you don't think she jumped last night? You think the old lady was killed, don't you? Well, she's the first suicide I've ever known, Margot, to jump off a window ledge. Backwards. Oh. You know, there's something unhealthy. Something evil looking about this house. Good evening. Good evening. I'm Lamont Cranston. This is Miss Lane. We've come to pay our respects to Miss Abigail. Very well. Come in, please. Thank you. I'll tell Miss Emily you're here. Lamont, who's Miss Emily? The youngest of the three girls. There's another Miss uh, Matilda who's still living here. Oh. There's the coffin across the hall there in the parlor. What a shadowy, dismal room. Uh, no light but those candles they had in the foot of the coffin. Mr. Cranston? Oh. Uh, Miss Lane? Yes. Um, you must be Miss Emily. Uh, yes. We were both friends of Miss Abigail. Oh, uh, so Brooks told me. I suppose she did have friends that Matilda and I never met. 
It must have been so tragic for you, your sister's sudden death. Uh, please excuse my sister, Matilda, for not appearing. She's so upset by Abby's death. Not that upset, Emily, dear. I can look at her now. Matilda. You didn't want me to see her, did you? You're afraid of what I might say. Uh, you'd better go to your room. But... You can't boss me now. I hold the purse to this family now. Matilda, <laughs> keep away from that coffin. I laugh in her face. <laughs> I laugh in her dead face now. <laughs> you both think I'm crazy. Oh, I'm dreadfully sorry, Mr. Cranston. My sister's completely undone. Don't you start trying to boss me. Or do you want something to happen to you tomorrow? Lamont, we better leave. Margo, wait. Uh, Mr. Carter, uh, our lawyer, he's on my side now. He's my friend against both of you. He told me I inherit all the money now. And I can laugh at Abigail now. <laughs> You're dead, Abigail. And I've got the money. <laughs> Matilda, stop this this instant. Come away from that. <laughs> you have the money and Emily the good looks. But I'm in charge now. Matilda! <laughs> Emily, don't you ever strike me again. I run this house now. <laughs> I run this house now. Oh, I, I'm so sorry this had to happen. Uh, you can understand why I'm afraid to leave her alone. Uh, Mr. Carter, our family lawyer, is the only one who can control her. Oh, of course. Lamont, we really should leave. I'll hmm. show you to the door. Thank you. Again, I'm very sorry. She's terribly upset. It's quite all right. We understand. Good evening, Mr. Cranston. Uh, Miss Lane. I must go to my sister now. Good night. Good night, Miss Emily. Oh, poor Miss Emily. Yes. Looks like she has plenty on her hands. And Miss Matilda seemed glad her sister was dead. Yes. So their lawyer, Carter, is the only one Matilda trusts, hmm? Margot, let's go see Mr. Carter. I know this is most unusual, Mr. Carter, but we thought you should know Miss Matilda's quite definitely upset. No, I know that, Mr. Cranston. Miss Matilda's always been rather odd. But if she's come into all this money... That is, I suppose that is true. Well, that is a family matter, Mr. Cranston. I don't think I'm in a position to say anything. Well, Mr. Carter, we've only come as friends, and because we think that Miss Emily might be in danger now... There's really nothing I can tell you. Now, if you'll excuse me. Certainly. We're sorry to have bothered you, Mr. Carter. Bye. Darling, that was a brush-off. I was right, Margot. He knows something he's not telling. Well, maybe, but we certainly didn't get very far. Margot, somehow I've got to get a look at that will. But, but how? Miss what? Matilda does inherit everything, and she's mentally unbalanced. Look, Lamont, there's Mr. Carter coming out of his office now. Oh, he's crossing to that telephone booth. Yes. It's funny, he wouldn't use his own office telephone. He didn't want to take a chance on being overheard, obviously. I'm going over to that booth. Wait here, darling, I'll be right back. Yes, but Lamont, he'll see you. Not the shadow, he won't. God damn it, I'm sure I had a nickel chain. Now, there it is. A, C, four, seven, two. 
Said Margot, I checked on the number he called. How did you do that? I watched him dial, then I called the telephone company. The number, Ackroy 4723, is that house, Margot. Crazy Matilda. We've got to get back to that house right away, Margot. Miss Emily may really be in danger now. excited, Miss Matilda. We both know that you're upset. Why are you closing that door? Get out of here. Get out of my room. Look at those nice, long, sharp scissors, Miss Emily, on Miss Matilda's dressing table here. I was cutting out clippings from the newspapers about Abigail's suicide. You're upset and hysterical over her sad death, aren't you, Matilda? I'm not. I'm happy. I've got the money now. Oh, no, Matilda. You're so upset mentally, you really don't want to go on living anymore. Yes, that's right, Miss Emily. Our visitors this afternoon can testify that you've gone quite out of your mind with grief, Miss Matilda. Oh, no, Matilda. no. You want to die, Miss Matilda. Brooks, keep away. Don't come near me. Put down those scissors. But you want to kill yourself, Matilda. No. Here, let me press your fingers tightly around these shears. <laughs> you want to commit suicide, Matilda. To kill yourself over poor Abigail's death? No, I won't kill myself. Oh, now I know. Abigail didn't kill herself. You did it. The two of you. Take the scissors, Miss Matilda. Stop your hurting my hand. Take the scissors, Matilda. No, I won't take them. Then I'll give them to you. Oh! Oh, stab me. Yes, and your hands were around the scissors. My hands on top of yours. And when they find you dead, Miss Matilda, only your fingerprints will be on the shears. We're battling their way through the streets of Cologne. Your Red Cross girls were there directly behind the lines, dispensing cheer and donuts to the battle-weary G.I.s. Today, your Red Cross is still there with the Army of Occupation. We have silenced the Wehrmacht, but your Red Cross still fights a battle. A battle against loneliness. Let's not forget the low point boys still overseas. There are more than 1,500,000 of them spread out all over the world, including forsaken islands in the Pacific. Many of us already have forgotten, but your Red Cross never forgets. It's still there with our rear guard, helping to make life a little brighter, helping to ease the burden. Yes, the job of the Army of Occupation, according to both Generals Eisenhower and MacArthur, would be ten times tougher if it were not for the Red Cross activities overseas. For the men now overseas, the warmth and hospitality of the Red Cross Recreation Club is the one bright spot in their arduous task yet to be completed. The Red Cross Club is G.I. Joe's home away from home, and wherever he sees the sign of the Red Cross, he knows that America isn't really thousands of miles away, so... Give as generously as you can to help your Red Cross fight this battle against loneliness. 
as well as all its other conflicts with disaster. Now again, the shadow. Oh, Mr. Cranston, Miss Lane, Matilda killed herself with her own pair of scissors. We've summoned the doctor. That's who we thought it was when we heard you ring. Oh, Lamont, it's horrible. Where were you, Miss Emily, when this happened? Uh, well, we were downstairs. I was serving tea. Miss Emily asked Miss Matilda to join her, but she refused. Miss Matilda's been acting rather peculiarly lately. I see. Uh, Miss Emily, where is your lawyer, Mr. Carter? Well, I... I just tried to phone him, Mr. Cranston, but he's gone out. He hasn't been here? Uh, no. Uh, no, he hasn't been here. Uh, of course, he has his own key, and he comes and goes as he chooses. Miss Emily. Uh, what's wrong with that? He's known us for years. Someone just came in downstairs. Perhaps that's Mr. Carter now. Wait here. I'll go out in the hall and see who it is. Mr. Carter? Oh, Mr. Cranston, you here? Something's happened. What's wrong? There's been another death in the family, Mr. Carter. Another sister has just killed herself. Miss Matilda. How horrible. I was afraid of that. I must go to her. Mr. Carter, it's Matilda. She's killed herself, too. Oh, Emily, darling, how terrible, how horrible for you. Oh, thank goodness you're here. Oh, what a comfort having you here when they they both died so tragically. Now, now, don't worry, Emily. I'll take care of everything. I'll handle everything. We've summoned the doctor, Mr. Carter. Well, I, um, I'd better go back to the office and make arrangements for the funeral and everything. Oh, not now, Mr. Carter. Not yet. Please, I'll please. be back, Miss Emily. Oh. I must go back now. All these details. Well, they just can't wait. I'm afraid we'd better leave too now, Miss Emily. If there's anything we can do, just... Oh, you're... You're very kind, Mr. Cranston. No, there's nothing right now. Thanks. Come then, Margot. we better be going now. We have some business, too, that can't wait. Lamont, you're going in to see Mr. Carter now, aren't you? Yes, Margot. He'll be alone in his office now at this time of night. Well, what is it? What do you suspect? Carter has plenty to tell, darling, and right now the shadow is going to find out just what he's hiding and how much he knows. Ah, everything's in order so far. The deed to the house, the money. Oh, yes, here's the will. In the event that all three sisters should perish... The estate shall be the uh, sole property of this legal representative and family lawyer. <laughs> So that's what you're hiding, Mr. Carter. Who, who's that? The shadow, Mr. Carter. The shadow has discovered the secret you're trying to hide. No, 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 it can't be. I can't see anyone. I... Yet I hear a voice. A voice that reads the will over your shoulder. The shadow knows you inherit a house and fortune when the three sisters die. Well, they killed themselves, both Miss Abigail and Miss Matilda. You killed them, Carter. As you plan to kill Miss Emily next... No, let me out. Let me out of here. You listen to my voice if I have to pin you to the wall. Let me go. Something's holding me. You killed those two sisters to inherit their money. You were in the house when Miss Abigail was pushed from that ledge. You were in that house earlier tonight and returned playing innocent after killing Miss Matilda with her own pair of shears. That's a lie. You knew she was dead when you came into that house. You named her instead of Miss Emily before you knew which was dead. You aren't real. You can't be. How do you know those things? There's more proof Miss Matilda didn't kill herself tonight. She did. Poor, frail little Miss Matilda couldn't have driven those crude shears so deeply into her breast alone. You do know. Who, who are you? The shadow. Yes, the shadow knows. And you'll hang. No. No, I, I'll tell you. 
I didn't do it. I didn't kill those two sisters. Brooks killed them, not I. Brooks killed them both. Yet you, not Brooks's name, next in that will. I promised to share with him when all three were out of the way. And Miss Emily is next. Yes, Miss Emily is next. The next on the list. Shadow goes to Miss Emily now. First, I'm going to see you go to the police and give yourself up. And then Brooks will be next. Miss Emily, uh, what are you doing up here in my room? I want to talk to you, Brooks. What do you want? We can be married now. We've got the money and both my sisters are gone. When will we be married, Brooks? We're not getting married, Miss Emily. Huh. What are you saying? You've been a fool. You... You said you loved me. I loathe you, Miss Emily. You're all I want. I've nothing to live for if you leave me now. I can't go on like this. All alone. There is a way out. Only one way out now for you. What? One way out? The way your sisters chose. They're at peace now. No. Oh, it needn't be in agony with heavy, crude scissors cutting deep into your flesh. Shut up. It needn't be a screaming nightmare looking down, watching the pavement rise up to smash your body and face. No, I couldn't. I couldn't. It could be so quick and easy, Miss Emily. Oh. What's that in your hand? That is an old-fashioned straight razor. Look at that blade, cold and bright. Two sharp, clean cuts across the wrists. And you have no memories to face. No more years of loneliness in this house. Alone. Across my wrist? Yes. Just run your finger across that sharp blade. Yes. There, you see, you've cut yourself. Your finger's bleeding. <laughs> I, I didn't even feel a thing. No, it could be as easy as that. It doesn't take courage when one has no other choice. No other choice? No other choice, Miss Emily. Mm -hmm. I'm going now. Shall I leave the razor with you? Miss Emily. You want the razor? Yes, Brooks. I'll take the razor. Will that be all, Miss Emily? No. No, that's not all, Brooks. I have the razor now. And I'm going to slit your throat. You fiend, you devil. I'll slit your throat. You can't leave me. Cut your hands. You can't harm me now. You thought you could talk me into killing myself. You'd like that, wouldn't you? All you want is the money. Yes, you fool, and I'm going to get it if I have to no. kill you myself. They'll never find your body. You're coming down into the cellar with me. The cellar? Yes, the furnace. There's a roaring fire burning down there. No, Brooks. No. One blow will do the trick. That did it, Miss Emily. Now I'll carry you down to the basement and the furnace. Down, down, Miss Emily. 
asleep in my arms. It's warmer already, even though you can't feel the fire in this dark cellar room. Look at that heavy furnace door. Too bad you can't see. I'll throw open the door. Perhaps you can hear the roar of the flames. Listen to the roar of those flames, Miss Emily. They shout death. Can you hear? Yes, Brooks. The flames shout death. But to you, not to her. That voice in the flames. It's coming out of the fire. Cleansing, burning fire. Bringing justice for your crimes. There is a voice coming from the fire. The shadow has found you, Brooks. And takes Miss Emily's body from you now. Somebody snatched it from my arms. Face the fire, Brooks. The fire of truth burns brightly. Carter's confessed. You'll go down for your sins with him. Carter, somebody knows. The voice knows. The shadow speaks the truth, Brooks. I'm not afraid of a voice. You won't get me. I'll get out of here. There is no escape now, Brooks. I'll get out of the cellar. I'll get out of here. Oh, something's grabbed me. But I can't see anyone. Nothing but the shadows of the flames casting fear in your heart. But another shadow has caught and holds you. <laughs> Let me go. The shadow has strength, too, Brooks. Strength you cannot see, but that you shall feel. Oh, body will rest there on the cellar floor beside Miss Emily in the firelight until the police arrive. The shadow will see that justice is done. Carter and Brooks who engineered the whole deal after all. Yes, Margot. Carter was to take over the estate as sole executor, and Brooks was in a perfect position to kill all three sisters. Mm. But why did he enlist Miss Emily's aid? A perfect blind, in case anything went wrong, Margot. Having one of the sisters trusting him and on his side. And then he meant to kill her as cold-bloodedly as the other two. Yes. The irony of it is, Margot, that in her unbalanced way, Miss Emily must have really loved Brooks. Her reaction when she heard the verdict pronounced, the sentence Brooks received. Because if she hadn't been restrained, she'd have been the only one of the three strange sisters who really did commit suicide. Interested in engineering, electronics, ship design, travel, and a steady job? If you are a young man between the ages of 17 and 22, you may qualify for a four-year college education and a career of public service in the United States Coast Guard. This oldest branch of the seagoing services maintains an academy at New London, Connecticut for the professional training of its future officers. Applicants selected for the Coast Guard Academy by nationwide examinations begin their training each year late in July. Applications for this year's convening class must be postmarked not later than April 1st, and entrance examinations are held on May 8th. For complete information, write to the Superintendent, U.S. Coast Guard Academy, New London, Connecticut, 
or visit your nearest Coast Guard recruiting station today. This story is copyrighted by Street and Smith Publications, Incorporated. The characters, names, places, and plot are fictitious. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. Again next week, the shadow will demonstrate that the weed of crime bears bitter fruit. Crime does not pay. The shadow knows. <laughs> Next week, same time, same station, the Mutual Network will bring you another strange and thrilling adventure in the Shadow's daring battle against the forces of evil. Be sure to listen. Remember, give to the Red Cross for its wide and diversified program of service to humanity. This is the Mutual Don Lee Broadcasting System. <laughs>